Disney Vault Talk presents Rebel Yell. Star Wars Rebels discussion and commentary. With your hosts, Teresa Delgado and Steve Lawson, and a few surprises along the way. And now, Disney Vault Talk's Rebel Yell. Well, we're calling it Rebel Yell, and we're calling it Star Wars Rebels, but man, it feels like uh, we're back with in some old territory that we've not been in a long time. We revisited the Clone Wars with the final battle uh, of the Clone Wars in an episode called The Final Battle, and we're going to break it all down and talk about it here, of course, on Rebel Yell. So glad to be along with you. I'm Steve Glosson, and uh, we are... As I said, discussing this episode, and Teresa's not with us, uh, as she'd said, but filling in for Teresa is my brother from another mother, Eric Schernevice. What's up, buddy? Hello, my brother. How hey, are you? I'm doing good. Uh, the Denver, Colorado Broncos won last night. I'm sure you'll be yep. talking about that on Mile High Tundra. Yes, they did. Yes, we'll be recording uh, Mile High uh, tomorrow night, but I've spent the day basking in the glory of a victorious win. I mean, they held um, they held the Houston Texans to, like, no touchdowns. They did. They did, and they had lots of incentive to do that, considering it was supposed to be our quarterback of the future that was uh, playing for the Texans last <laughs> night. Oh, wow. So. Okay. A lot of boo birds in the stadium. Yeah, yeah. Well, directed his way. Well, um, so I'm glad to be back with you, man. I'm glad to be on the Rebel Yell with you. I'm thrilled to be back. And let me just say this. I, I, I'm honored to be doing this. I love podcasting with you. I love talking the wars. But I'm wishing a speedy return to Teresa. Rebel Yell is just not Rebel Yell without her. It's, it's, and, it's uh, missing its heart. It's missing I, its heart. I, I look forward to her coming back and putting the boot to me and don't let the door <laughs> hit you on the way out. I think I think she's decided she's going to keep you, Irish. I, I think she she looks at me like a child who brings home a stray dog. It's like, can we keep him? I'm going to be like E.T. in the closet with all the stuffed right. animals, except it'll be I'll be like surrounded by like some sums and right. those uh, – those little Hallmark those, plush minis those and stuff like yeah, that, that, yeah. that she asks me to get her every year at San Diego Comic-Con. Exactly, so. exactly. Well, and uh, it's not Irish and I alone. We are uh, super pleased and excited to have with us uh, a writer for, uh, I don't know, websites like StarWars.com, ClubJade.net. He's written in the past for Big Shiny Robot. Uh, people know him as at, Jawa, at James Jawa, rather. On the Twitter, ladies and gentlemen, James Floyd. James, welcome to Rebel Yell. Hey, thanks for having me on, Steve. It's uh, a lot of fun to be here. Well, you have the fun hasn't begun yet. This is well, just where I'm, the fun I'm begins. Having fun. Oh, good. <laughs> the, the, the fun has always begun as soon as James is showing up. Oh, James brings the party, huh? Oh, yes, he does. Nice. Yes, he does. Nice. Just in, in. I, I gotta say, I'm excited uh, to have James on tonight. Um, for those of you who visit the Delray Star Wars book at San Diego Comic-Con, you know James. Um, I, I've been – I've had the privilege of working with him there for – Get your free scans here. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, helping us sell books and give out lots of free stuff and everything for I – I don't even know how many years it's been now, but – it's well, always one, yeah, something like that. It's always one of the things I look forward to about San Diego Comic Con, getting to hang with James in the Delray Star Wars booth for the week. Um, so I'm excited to be podcasting with them for the first time tonight, and yeah, and I'm excited cool. to talk to him for the first time. So these are we're James and I are two people who did not know the other existed until now. Um, well, that's a shame, and I'm, I'm <laughs> even more privileged to bring you two together. Eris, you Arish, both can talk the wars. Arish brings people right. together like it's nobody's business, <laughs> uh, like it's his job or something. Uh, James, we're glad to have you on because we know you've written some um, reviews in the past for 
Clone Wars and this being basically kind of the the end, the proper end of the Clone Wars in so many ways in this episode. Um, what was just your overall thoughts, just initial out of the gate reactions of this episode? Uh, I thought this was a, a great episode of Rebels. I thought that it was a, a fitting tribute to, to to the Clone Wars, you know, bringing it back and you know providing some closure for for some of the characters, um, you know, and and even just you know with the show and and you know throwing on that that Clone Wars style logo for Rebels at the very end and having some of the music cues from the Clone Wars. Um, yeah, it was you know Rebels, but it was also Clone Wars, and I think they did a really good job on on delivering. Yeah. Yeah, Erich, what's what what's your thoughts on this one, man? I had a lot of fun with this episode. Yeah. Um yeah, I, I, I watch I watch these episodes at least a couple times, uh, especially now in preparation for doing the show. And it's just seemed like the last few weeks, like on the second or third viewing, it just gets better and better. Mm-hmm. Like I noticed little lines that I didn't notice uh during the first viewing and after watching this uh, a second time, you know, about an hour ago, I just all these little things that I had noticed the first time around, like popped in for me and just made it even better. So I had a lot of fun with this one. Yeah, it was uh, it was a good episode. It was and and to I don't know. I mean, they touched on some things they hit upon, you know, everything from PTSD to um you know, really the political climate and, and Ezra breaking some things down and coming to some realizations on his own about the really the end game of the Clone Wars. And I'm sure we'll talk about all that as we get into it. But um, give us the tell of the tape, as it were, Erish. What this all is right. this is episode is this three five or three six? Three six. So Rebels the last episode battle. The last battle. Uh, written by Brent Friedman. Uh, the a brief synopsis. In the search for arms and artillery, Captain Rex brings the Rebels to an old abandoned base from the Clone Wars. They quickly find that they are not alone, however, and must once again face enemies from the past. They're always facing enemies from the past. They're always facing enemies from the past. So they uh, could have enemies from the future. That would be a different (laughs) show. Yeah, that'd be Terminator. That'd be a Terminator situation. (laughs) So, as Rex says at one point, one last glorious day in the Grand Army of the Republic. Hmm. Um, So, let's start this off here. Let's start off the discussion. Uh, James, as Steve mentioned, you know, you uh, wrote numerous reviews of the Clone Wars for Club Jade. And that's really how I first, uh, you first came to notice with me was reading your reviews for that. So, Give us a little background here. The the planet is Agamar. Is that a planet that we've seen in the Clone Wars before? Is um, we we haven't seen it in the Clone Wars, but it was mentioned. It was name dropped. Um, the uh, Onderon arc uh, from season five um, features a uh, super tactical droid that gets introduced here, General Kalani, and at the end of um, the, the last episode of that arc, Tipping Points, uh, Count Doku decides to, to reassign Kalani, saying that, you know, we're, we're done here on Onderon, or we're just going to give it up. And uh, so Kalani is uh, sent to Agamar, and this is where we find him here in, on Rebels. Interesting. Oh, wow. And, and the Onderon arc is the arc that introduced us to Saw Gerrera, correct? It's, Correct. Yeah, that. So you know, there's a lot of throwbacks to this this arc here, and you know, we we get a, a good good feel for how um, how powerful a foe Kalani is as a general. Um, you know, uh, on Onderon for a while, uh, the sort of separatist puppet King Rash is is in charge, and after he loses a bit of ground to the Onderon rebels, the uh, Count Doku sends, hey, you know, I'm going to send you some more troops, but I'm also sending a general because General Kalani can get things done. So General Kalani steps in and he starts hammering on the the rebels a bit harder. Um, So, yeah, uh, Kalani appears just 
in the hologram at the end of the episode uh, front runners then he arrives on the scene in the soft war and um you know really smacks down on the the under on resistance and tipping points but then finally you know the the resistance manages to strike back and you know as his uh, parting gift to the people of Onderon, he, he realizes that rash is not a really good separatist leader so he says we're gonna pack up these droids and leave and then he kills king rash and just lets the uh, Onderon rebels take over hmm. so <clears throat> there's a connection in a way I mean, you know, everyone's looking for Rebels Rogue One connections. We could say there's a connection to Rogue One here because we know Saul Gerrera is going to be in Rogue One. And we know that Saul Gerrera, indirectly at least, dealt with this Kalani guy. So there you go. There's everyone. There's your Rogue One connection. <laughs> done. Done and done. I didn't realize that, though. I didn't realize watching this, and and because I've not gone back yet, I want to watch that Onderon arc, at least the Onderon arc, before I, I go see Rogue One. But... I did not realize that the that the the tactical droid had actually been involved. I thought he was just kind of your run-of-the-mill tactical droid that had been sitting on this planet forever. Like you hear, there's an old story about a Japanese soldier who was on one of those Pacific islands who was holding it down. And yeah. for years and years, and I, I want to say it was like the 60s or 70s when they found him, and he had no idea that World War II was over. And um, and that's kind of the situation here on Agamar with these with these droids. And um, but I did. I thought he was just a, you know, just a typical, just a standard tactical droid. Yeah. And, and he, he's a super tactical droid. Um, so, you know, there was those original tactical droids that uh, kind of looked a little more roly poly. And then, you know, later on in the fifth season, they, they brought out these super tactical droids that uh, were a lot smarter, um, a lot more strategic. And uh, a lot more menacing that, uh, you know, Greg Berger does the voice of uh, Kalani and you might know him. He's done a lot of Star Wars video games, but he also is the voice of Grimlock on the Transformers. Oh, you just you just won Steve's heart. Which which Transformers? <laughs> I, I so. don't know. I, did, I just looked him up really quick on IMDb. But yeah, uh, Grimlock. And what's the guy's name? Uh, Greg with two G's on the end. Berger. OK, I'm. I mean, I'm 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 IMDBing it as well as we as we proceed here. Because you mentioned Transformers and Grimlock. That's right. Like the 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 Earth stop the Earth stopped spinning. My my worlds my worlds came crashing together. Um, so Steve, while you're uh, IMDBing Transformers information here, and Greg, what's um, his name? Greg what? Greg Berger, B E R G E R. I should. I mean, and there's another favorite thing. These are a few of my favorite things. Star Wars, burgers, and Transformers. (laughs) Steve supposedly cooks an amazing burger. That's that's the word out on him. So, Well, we're going to have to put that to a test at a celebration. I definitely hope to Mm -hmm. one of these days soon. So, so Steve, as I said, while you are uh, IMDBing the Burgermeister there, you, you mentioned about uh, Kalani uh, the being on this planet, Agamar, and just kind of sitting there. Do you think that you kind of get the sense that, that him and his droids are marooned there? Yeah, it looks like they're they're on a transport ship that crashed there. And, you know, uh, Rex mentions there being a big battle. So it could be that, uh, you know, maybe the, the, the Separatists at least held that ground and – They've been there ever since, and you know it looks like there's not a lot around. It's kind of in the middle of the snow and ice, and so you know there's no place to go, and you know they can't. They they you know, do have this. The, they do have the three shuttles. Yeah, but they, they yeah, don't. But I don't think that'll carry. Yeah, I don't think that'll carry everybody. And two, you're kind of waiting for orders, and right. You know, and and if your final orders were to hold this particular planet, you know, then then probably they're just there saying, well, we're going to hold it until. We can't hold it anymore. Sound like you know, yeah. like a kid on a road trip. Um, <laughs> so, but no, I, yeah. So and, and with just those three little shuttles, there was no way they could carry everyone. And I feel like tactically, this fella knew uh, Kalani knew that if if they tried to just get away with a few of them, then the losses would be catastrophic on both sides. And I'm sure he had his reasonings for just sticking around. Yeah, especially if those shuttles aren't armed. As soon as they go into space, they're toast. Yep, yep, yep. So this guy, this Greg Berger fellow, by the way, has been in a lot. He, 
He was Grimlock in several of the video games, but he was also a battle droid and the voice of Darth Maul in the Phantom Menace video game back in the late 90s for yeah. PlayStation. He was Mysterio on the Spider-Man series in the 90s. Come on. Come on. This man's accomplished. He's an accomplished voice actor. Played Odie on Gar- and Orson Pig on Garfield and Friends. Hello. What? Seriously? Yes. I did not scroll down far enough. Well, then you're missing out on, on some fun stuff. For our and Disney Garfield Vault Friends. Talk people, he, was, uh, he did a few episodes of Chip and Dale's Rescue Rangers. Man, he was all over the place. So I'm I'm just getting down here. He's the original Grimlock, Erish, from the from oh. the Transformers G1 series. Grimlock, He's, Grimlock. Yes, that's who he is. Look at that. We don't like talking Transformers that's, on Star Wars. Show. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry about that. Well, listen, the when the door is opened. Steve steps through. I know. Through I'm it. kidding. When there's a when there's a tangent to be followed, ADD host Steve Glosson at your service. <laughs> so anyway, back to Garfield and Friends. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, is that a favorite of yours, James? Oh, that 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 show was so well written. It was you know it, you know it was it was sort of like before Animaniacs. It kind of had that you know layers of. Uh, stuff going on there the thing i remember most about garfield and friends is the episode where was the was the was the chicken that hadn't hatched was his name sheldon yeah where he was getting ready to hatch and when he hatches it's just another egg underneath whoa i don't really remember disappointing. that yeah. that that is totally what they would do yeah saturday mornings ma'am anyhow continuing on eric i'm sorry ladies and gentlemen <laughs> i apologize i know you tuned in for a star wars related show <laughs> So, to get us back on track here, Steve, I want to talk about Captain Rex. Of course. Here for a couple minutes. Of course we do. Because, you know, the the last we saw of the Clone Wars, Mm -hmm. and I'm not necessarily talking about the cartoon. I am talking about in the canonical history of Star Wars. The last we saw of the Clone Wars was Order 66 Mm -hmm. being given, which, which was the end of the Clone Wars. Right. Um. And so it's brought up in this episode mm-hmm. that, you know, once that order was given, you know, bam, it just everything just stops. Everything that these clone troopers knew was kind of over yeah. in, a, in, in, a, in a flash. Yep. So for Rex, is this last battle, even though he doesn't want to fight it, but is this last battle a chance for him to get some closure? Like, even if it's just for him personally, I to think, kind of put this behind him. Yeah, I, I think maybe in a way, I think you bring up a good point that, you know, when Order 66 happens, everything is over and done with. And what you have is one, you know, you have a droid that, in, you know, in Kalani, who, much like Rex, who either before or after order 60 or during order 66 he pulls that chip out of his head you know the control chip and um and, and to keep from executing said order and in the same way you have this robot this droid kalani who says you know what we didn't feel like it was tactically sound to shut down so i overrode that order well, no, he actually says that they he thought that Order 66 was a Republic trick, and that's why he chose to overrode it, which I thought was really interesting. Right. Because that's the strategy coming into play. Right, exactly. So the point is he overrode the order, whereas in the same way, Rex realizing there was a better way over— So you have two—essentially, you have two old soldiers who went against orders and— but still have this, 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 uh, in some strange way, loyalty to the cause that they were fighting, and and all they can see when they see each other is, in some ways, it's a takeoff of a you know a similar theme as Enemy Mine or uh, what we saw last season with the honorable ones with Zeb and Callus. It's the idea of these two old soldiers on the ro- on on opposite sides of of the war. Um, coming back to, and in this case, instead of being stranded on the planet together, it's like, oh, one last fight, one last fight. And I do think Rex saw it as closure. I think Rex saw it as, you know, if they're not going to shut down, then we're going to shut them down, you know, for them. Um, 
And and I think that, you know, the problem is, is Rex is surrounded by, well, he's got Cain in there with him, but he also has Ezra there, who I think Ezra's problem was he just saw the adventure. You know, oh, the excitement and the adventure of what we're about to do. Ezra was a little too jazzed. And, you know, and we saw Ezra tipping and dipping his toe back into some of those aggressive dark side feelings, which I'm sure that's a discussion to come down the pipe. But as far as Rex goes in closure, yeah, I think so. I think that it was some closure. But I also think that it's just that also you can't teach an old dog new tricks sometimes, you know, where he saw battle droids and it's time to take them out. You know, we've got to do this. Not You know, forget the fact that the stakes were raised with, you know, Zeb being held hostage and everything. I kept expecting Zeb to just kind of break out and take things down in the control room. <laughs> I did. I expected it. I, I did too. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't expect Zeb just to sit there so... Um, you know, almost passively and just let right. this thing play out. I really did expect him to be the, uh, be the monkey wrench in the whole works that, you know, ends up throwing Kalani off. And I never thought about the empire showing up, but yeah. I, yeah. But closure for Rex, I think maybe, but I also think that we saw the PTSD in Rex, you know, we saw him kind of flash back at one point. We see him, constantly refer to Kanan as general, you know, and, and have to go, oh, I'm sorry, Kanan. You know, he's he's getting drawn back into the person that he was during the Clone Wars and 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 stepping into battle with battle droids. I think it's less about closure and more about this is this is his programming. He said it himself. He said he's got his programming and we had ours. You know, this is what we were bred to do was fight. James, you got any thoughts on this? Um, yeah, no, I, I definitely think it provided, you know, closure. It, it helped, you know, first he just got drawn back and it's like, oh, hey, this is one more battle to fight. You know, I'm fighting, I, I'm doing what I was meant to do that I was designed, programmed to do. But I think then, you know, when Ezra, um, you know, points out that, hey, neither of you won the Clone War um, and it turns out you know, the empire one, because they're the ones who took over. And, and I think that the real closure comes in when they team up to, you know, just escape that, uh, they, they realize that, you know, they're not on opposite sides anymore that, uh, and I think that, that really helps, you know, Rex kind of close the chapter on, on that part of his life that, uh, you know, definitely, you know, he, he, he is having the PTSD and some flashbacks of, you know, he, he calls out for Cody and, and he's referring to Kanan as general. Um, and it, one thing I thought was really interesting with Rex is that he mentions that he never kept count of, um, you know, all the droids he, he killed. So then I'm wondering, what are those you know little hash marks on his helmet? <laughs> maybe <laughs> tanks. <laughs> maybe tanks completed. or missions, something like that. Yeah, that uh, or it could be after the war, how many uh, big worms they pulled out of the sand back on that oh, planet that could be yeah could yeah. be how many space whales he's seen yep could be any could be any number of oh. things well here's it could, I, could be the, the the number of times he's watched uh golden girls uh, it, yeah. it could be through. how many snow uh, how many this guy is snoke theories he's heard right. <laughs> <laughs> he, he's heard a lot then by the way my theory for this episode kalani is snoke <laughs> He gets in one of those human replica yes, he droid trans- bodies yeah. and transfers his conscience. He basically over into transfers it. his conscience into that's why all the all the scarring and even looks like some of his flesh is peeling away in some places. It, it's just he, he just got a really rotten uh, yeah. human replica droid. He, well no he, he like basically a bad Halloween costume. He basically figured out how to reanimate a body and he put his consciousness in there. So he's basically zombie. Snoke is so a he's, zombie he's Kalani. He's Frankenstein a body. <laughs> Pretty much. Oh, my yeah. goodness. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Um, Hashtag Snoke is Kalani. <laughs> Hashtag Kalani needs a chewy sack also. <laughs> See, I'm, I'm going to... One better here. There, there's one battle droid at the end of this episode that falls off of a shuttle... And he's stuck he, there in the, the hangar all by himself. He's Snoke. He's been left behind <laughs> twice now. I feel like I feel like that battle droid just got blown to bits the minute he landed. 
Who knows? Maybe that's the battle droid that winds up becoming uh, Mr. Bones in the aftermath. Oh yeah, novels. yeah, it very well could be. Oh, that that's my theory. That would be crazy. <laughs> yeah, let's really shrink this universe down as much as possible. So, uh, getting ba- getting us back on track here with the Clone Wars, Ezra has a great line at the end where he says, "If none of you won, who did?" Mm. And I just I thought this. I thought this was an interesting, even though it it's not a throwaway line or anything, but it's interesting that, you know, kind of nobody's ever asked that before. Well, it's this thing where the Empire rose and, you know, even right in the early stages of it, after hearing the speech, you know, Obi-Wan's already referring to Palpatine and, and Revenge of the Sith as the Emperor. You know, it's just kind of this thing that they're taking and they're running with and... And no one else in this crew were very close to that moment. You know, our we get to see it all happen. But who else in the galaxy really does see it happen the way that the viewer does or these Jedi who were closest to it get to see it? And so when Ezra just puts it all together for him before the end of the episode, when they're just all in the in the control center together, and he's like, wait a minute, what is your primary programming? He's like, you know, to defend the the to overthrow the tyranny of the Republic. And he's like, the Republic's gone. It's the Empire now. You know, uh, Rex, what were you fighting for? And he tells me, like, you're on the same side now. You know, we all got beaten this thing. And so to ask the question, who did win, that's an ominous question because, you know, ultimately we know, as the viewer, Palpatine won. Palpatine won that mess, and he's, you know, and, and, and his victory is intact this day, and and somewhere out there, there's a Death Star being built, and people are going to die. And it's just, yeah, it's uh, it's so foreboding in a way. But also, you know, it's one of those, everyone needs to stop, think, and kind of realize, yeah, there's a bigger, yeah, and, I, and I don't know. I mean, I don't know how much they can realize there's a bigger thing going on or what it matters at this point because they're fighting to overthrow the Empire. But it is a good question. Has anyone ever stopped and thought about that? Who won? You know, what was this all about? But at this point, and, and what I, does it matter? Well, it, it it doesn't matter so much for the people in the universe except for the, the people who were connected to it. And I think that is why, um, you know, they mentioned at the – after Order 66, the clones were decommissioned, whatever that means. Um, and, you know, the battle droids were shut down. So everybody who fought in the war, they're gone. They're out of the picture. So everyone else in the galaxy is just like – do 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 i guess we won the war because the war's over and we're still here and the empire is great because they ended the war that mm. it, this war was all a, you know a jedi plot if mm. they listened to the the imperial line and so it's like okay the jedi are gone and the war's over so you know we have the palpatine to thank for exposing the this jedi plot and uh, bringing us stability again well james when they use the term decommissioned about the clones i mean you decommission a warship. You decommission yeah. a tank. When you when you start talking about decommissioning clones, do you think they they were just eliminated, put to death, or or put out to pasture? Well, I I don't know if there's really an old clones home out there that uh, okay. you know it'd be. I mean, no one's gonna miss them if they all just got air or uh, airlocked. That uh, you know, and then all of a sudden you just replace them with these new stormtroopers that. You have, uh, and then you're like, we're going to start training people to be stormtroopers rather than trying to grow clones. And hmm. that's inter- that's an interesting thought. And they say, I, I mean, I assume that there was a transition period. You can't just wipe out all your clones and suddenly have stormtroopers ready to go. But at the same time, yeah, that just the terminology decommissioned. I mean, it just yeah. shows how soulless and how much. Uh, you know, after spending time with them, you know, during the Clone Wars and watching that show, you know, it's hard to just hear someone talk about them like they're just a piece of machinery, basically. I mean, it'd but, be hard but, to hear someone say that about Palpatine, they were. Sure they were, yeah. They were just a means to an end. Right, right. Yeah, they were so, essentially meat droids that, you know, they, they were meat you know, pretty slaves. Much, yeah. <laughs> Hashtag I mean, they were, meat droids. <laughs> yes. They, they were programmed just like the B-1 battle droids were. Right. So, James, we got to talk about Kanan here for a minute. All right. Because the, this episode opens with with them landing on the planet, and I believe it's as Ezra says, 
we have a Clone War, Clone War veteran with us, and he's referring to Rex. Mm-hmm. But we know that Kanan, in his former life as Padawan Caleb, fought in the Clone Wars. He, yeah. he along with his master Deepa Balaba, you know, they fought in several battles. Kanan escaped Order sixty six, so this notion that that Ezra doesn't acknowledge Kanan's experience in the Clone Wars made me wonder how much how much does Ezra know about Kanan's past? That's a, a good question. I mean, when when Kanan and Rex first encountered each other, you know, Kanan definitely you know did not want to be around the clones. That uh, he didn't trust Rex, um, and because you know his last encounter with uh, clone troopers was that you know they were great buddies of his. That you know uh, he and and his master were the generals, and and he had you know some clone commanders that he was very close to. And then they just turned right on them, and and uh, you know his master died so that he could escape when you know he, when he was just a boy, and he's been on his own ever since until you know he met up with Hera. Um, so you know he hasn't talked about it a whole lot, but I think Ezra you know knows at, at some level that um, you know Kanan was involved, but maybe he just doesn't remember it because he just thinks of Kanan as a Jedi now, and not really as you know being a veteran the same way that you look at an old guy that, you know, still wears the armor. And so I think that, you know, and, and Ezra definitely has this view of like, this is all ancient history to me. I was born on, you know, empire day. So everything that was the clone wars is in the past. And so he's only heard, you know, he says that, you know, the clone wars, he's heard both the good and the bad. Um, but you know, it's still, only what has kind of been shared with him and what he's pieced together. And so, you know, and especially when you're a young kid, you know, the war seems like a sort of a, a romantic adventure type thing that, uh, you know, you go off and fight and beat the bad guys, but you don't realize that, you know, it, it, it really is everybody's lives on the line. Yeah. I, I think there's an, there's also an element with Kanan that for the, him, the clone wars represents one thing and that's the loss of everything that he knew that he has no desire to relive old battles. He has no desire to talk about his experience because for him that order 66, like completely ruined his life and changed yeah. everything for him forever. So that that was the end of Caleb Doom, right? The beginning of Canaan. Yeah. So I mean, basically, he died. Uh, you know, in the same way that Anakin died that day, he died that day in a sense, and had to become someone completely different. Completely. And part of what Rebels has been about has been Canaan finding himself. You know, finding right. himself to mm-hmm. be, you know, to be the Jedi that he was and he was trained to be and everything else. And I, yeah, I. It doesn't surprise me that that he hasn't really thought much about it or hasn't wanted to talk about it because he worked so hard to put it out of his mind and put it in the past where it belongs. Um, so I don't, yeah, I don't think that, um, you know, that, 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 that's what Caleb or Caleb Canaan wants to be defined by, whereas Rex cannot get away from it. This was Rex's life. You know, Canaan was, Canaan was born and he was raised to be a Jedi, not a soldier. Rex is raised to be a soldier, and so that's what his life is. is Rex is still waking up and putting his Generation 1 armor on every that's morning. Right. That's right. That you can't you know, get he, he hasn't bolt. let the Clone Wars go. And a blaster bolt ain't getting through that Generation 1 armor, by the yeah. way. Yeah, but that stuff has got to smell. <laughs> <laughs> you know, how many years has he been wearing that? I mean, let's be honest. If, if we're going to go down that road, all of their clothes smell. So, yeah, because nobody changes clothes on this show. Oh, what, what, Zeb has a new thing. He doesn't have his uh, shoulder guards anymore. He's got bare bare arms all the way up. Oh, that's right. May, maybe they stank. He yeah, they just fell of off. Yeah, they disintegrated eventually. That's <laughs> the point of being able to watch them. They just crawled off on their own. That's right. <laughs> that's what right. those little uh, snail things are at Chopper Base. They're really... Uh, Zeb's shoulder guards. That's right. Just crawling around until he can catch one and stick him back on. 
Steve, you brought up Ezra earlier, and I want to get to him in a second. But first, just in rewatching this again tonight, there was a couple lines that just really jumped out at me that just made me laugh out loud. Um, first was an exchange between uh, two of the battle droids after they had stunned the those, <laughs> I know what you're talking rebels about. or dragging him off. One of them says, we haven't captured anyone here. And the other replies, we haven't captured anyone ever. Yeah, he says, it's been a long time since we've captured anyone. We've never <laughs> captured. Yeah, so like, yeah, that was good stuff. And then the, the second one, and this is maybe my favorite line from the whole episode, is Ezra, after hearing the droids, Roger, Roger, he's like, wait, who's Roger? Who's Roger? Yes, yes. <laughs> well, and I caught the one, that droid that you talked about earlier, James, that flew off the uh that didn't make it onto the shuttle as he's yeah. falling he goes oh my god and like it cuts him <laughs> off what's a droid hollering oh my god for <laughs> what is that <laughs> i'm like that was, uh, there's know. just there's just some some great fun lines like that yeah. in this episode now, i think that's one of the things that you know we miss from the clone wars is battle droid humor that that battle droids just have this sense of you know, we know we suck, but hey, we're going to try anyway the best we can. And oh, well, you know that. And and I think it's something that, you know, I miss from from the Clone Wars. And I'm, I'm glad that, you know, like Lego Star Wars, the Freemaker Adventures has Roger. So that brings that back. But, you know, seeing it again um, and then thrown in with Ezra never having met these guys before. And then, you know, like the, the one battle droid that tries to introduce himself to the stormtroopers saying, uh, hi, I'm uh, B1268. Uh, who are you guys? And then, you know, they're, they're like, oh, let's just shoot them. And then that one guy, you know, turns around to run away and, you know, gets blasted <laughs> yeah. anyway. You start to feel actually, bad for them in a way that you never have. Yeah. Yeah. All right, so let's talk Ezra here. Yes. Um, Steve, as you mentioned before, this was, you know, he he didn't experience the Clone Wars. He mm-hmm. was born, as James said, on Empire Day. So the Clone, the Clone Wars was over. So this is kind of like, I mean, it's almost like if we were to go to back to like one of those like Civil War battle reenactments or right, something right. like that yep. for him. So – you know, there is this sense of adventure about it, this sense of, you know, uh, this is like what a cool mission this is on. But I also thought that because Rex got sucked right back into the battle mode mm-hmm. thing, Kanan, for whatever reason, really didn't take the the charge in this one to be the general that the Jedi were. I thought that it was Ezra's kind of common sense approach to some of the things that actually helped them win this. We saw it when he stopped to talk to Chopper. We saw it at the end when like they were about to just start shooting at each other in the bridge where he was the voice of reason. What did you think of that, Steve? What are your opinions of Ezra in this episode? Yeah, I mean, he well, he's Ezra and he's been kind of our end to this whole world since the beginning. You know, he's he was who we were introduced to. He's who we follow from the streets of the city in Luthal out to his treehouse. And, you know, he's he's the kid that we've kind of followed all along. So, of course, he's going to be the one who speaks to reason and everything. But I also saw in him a few times being a little overly aggressive and tapping into some of that aggression that he probably over, you know, the six months that he and Kanan weren't really talking. That he became- Where did you see that? Because... It- that's not registering really because like well every like there were moments where he's like let's just go let's just go there were moments where he was ready to just barrel ahead on forward and you know there were times where he was where Kanan had to say hold up you know and, and Rex had to say hold on and um and it's only in those moments where he does run into chopper and though so the timing's a little bit off but you know and and Rex then jumps the gun but I yeah I saw a little bit of those aggressive feelings coming out in him um, in some of those moments, well, just the- well, that's interesting because I mean the one that the one that comes to mind for me is where they're all on the bridge, you know, they're all down on their knees, and Kalani's explaining to him what you know you're, we're going to refight the Clone War, and nobody wants to do it except for Ezra, but to me, Ezra wanted to do it because. It, the way I read the scene was he was seeing them actually fighting as their only way out of this. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, but that's you know, what, if they that's, just sit there on their knees, they're not going to be able to do anything. But, but that's, he's that's, trusting in Rex and Kanan that hey, we can take these droids. Yeah, but and if, I don't see that to him tapping into the dark well, side. I don't. No, no, I'm not saying tapping into the dark side, but leaning on the aggressive feelings of the dark okay. side. When, and so when he says something, you know, if he's really feeling like this is the only way out, I mean, that's the absolutes of a Sith right there. We have to fight. Fighting's the only way, you know. Oh. And and so that's just... Well, I'm, but James, James, what other option do they have in that case? Well, in that case, they don't really have any other option. But, but I see, you know, Ezra being different, you know, not really this aggressive. He... He's not disciplined, so you know when they make their initial charge on the battle droids, he just you know goes off on his own direction a little bit. And Rex says, "Hey, you got to hold back. We got to stick together so that we can all stay alive." Um, and that just shows that you know Ezra is playing soldier, but not being a soldier. But I think um, later on, he realizes that you know Rex is kind of obsessed with winning this battle, and he's like, "Yeah, just like that droid general." That that he he's starting to see a bigger picture there, and so I think this is. You know him being a little more introspective, and he realizes that maybe this battle thing that that uh, that that Kalani is proposing is, you know, better than you know dying, you know, just as prisoners, and it might provide some other opportunity for them. Okay, so I post this to both of you: Did Ezra and the Clone War? Or is that just Rex, like, giving him some lip service? That's Rex giving him props. Order 66 into the Clone Wars. I think for Rex's peace of mind and Kalani's peace of mind that, that Ezra, you know, ended it for them. That, you know, certainly not in the bigger sense of the Empire taking over where the Republican separatists were fighting. But, you know, in their heads that they're now done and moving on. Well, yeah, okay. For Re- for yeah, sure. For Rex, he Rex is probably able to say, "Yeah, this you ended this for me." But at the end of the day, no. I mean, Ezra, I think it's just you know typical pat on the back kind of lip service, like, "Hey, buddy, you did it today. You ended." You know what I'm saying? Like, it's just that kind of jokey, kind of half serious right. kind of thing. Yeah, I don't, I don't think. I mean, Order sixty six ostensibly ended the Clone Wars, right? It's just, it was a nice way to tie yeah. up the the yeah. episode there at the yeah. end, but uh, but also to, to bring home the point that that Ezra's point about the Clone Wars being like, hey, the Separatists you know didn't win, the Republic didn't win, the Empire won. That's who our enemy is now. You know that 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 you know one one chapter of this overall war has ended, and we're we're now dealing with the reality of we're all fighting the Empire now, or on the run from it. Here's a little uh, bit of trivia that I pulled off of the StarWars.com episode guide. It said that in the original outline for this episode, Ezra was going to befriend one of the battle droids, and he was going to nickname him Clanky. Thank goodness he did not do that. Yes. <laughs> That's how I feel. Oh, come on. I, I, I love battle droids. That, that it, uh, we, we need more battle droids, more Matthew Wood providing uh, wacky <laughs> battle droid humor. I, that, that I, would, I could do probably a whole series on – the, the 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 sentience of battle droids and and what that means. Well, there you go. You just figured out like your next uh, ongoing series for StarWars.com. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I don't know. Battle, if right dro- battle droid sentience, uh, deep deconstruction. <laughs> they do seem a lot more emotional and a lot more um, tapped in than even someone like a C three PO. I mean, like. When you've got one, I just go back to Ambush in, in the Clone Wars, the Yoda episode, where yeah. Yoda goes up underneath the battle tank, and he, he goes up in there, and the one droid's trying to get out, and he's like, but I was just getting promoted. You know, it's yeah. like there's, yeah. they always have these real-world kind of issues, and um, and yeah, there, there is a certain level of sentience that I don't know that other droids quite have, you know, um, but... No, I'm. I was glad. I'm so glad that that did not come to fruition. <laughs> There's no sense in having Ezra running around with a with a battle droid as a pet, calling him Clanky. Uh, you know, you know, uh, Chopper has his his new buddy uh, that's a droid. So you know, pretty soon everyone will have a droid buddy. 
you know, Rex and Kalani will team up together, a little buddy cop uh, road movie. A little, little uh, Beverly Hills, no. Um, oh, Tango and Cash action. Something like that, Rex, yeah. Kalani or, or and Rex. Lethal Weapon or... I'm going to take us off on a quick little divergence here because I've got the World Series on in the background as we're recording. Go Cubs! And there is a new Cisco commercial with Ewan McGregor in it. And can I just say, what is it with our Jedi doing commercials now? Because we've got Sam L. Jackson doing some credit card thing, Ewan now doing Cisco. It's like, uh, do the Jedi really need to be doing this? <laughs> hey, you know, after they got cut off from the Jedi Temple finances, they got to make their way in the universe. That's right. They're just a simple man trying to make their way in the universe now. <laughs> now they know how Django felt. Yep. Can, uh, can you just, imagine Django wondering what's in his wallet? Is like, well, I got all these weapons, but I don't have any cash. Yeah. Just please, I don't want to see Mark Hamill doing a commercial for like Holiday Inn or something like that. Oh so. my God, yeah, no. Um, James, I, I really dug this droid commander Kalani. Um, so now that now that he's off of Agamar, the Clone War is over for him. He's said that he's not interested in working with the rebels because, according to his calculations, they only have a one percent chance of defeating the Empire. What, what do you think a droid like Kalani might find himself doing? Um, there's a lot of opportunity for him. I think that uh, you know the, the the fact that he took his battle droids with him um, speaks a lot about his his. Uh, you know, sense well, of let's be honest. He's got like a handful of them. With he's it. got a handful. I mean, like the, he's the, got a whole army. He's got like six in the back of that. Yeah, shuttle. but but the fact that he wanted them to all evacuate rather than you know like, hey, I'll just go with you know you guys and you know we'll use all the battle droids as cannon fodder for against the empire to escape. That uh, you know is like, oh, no, we're we're going to try and get as many off as we can, and and so I think he might, you know have a little squad he might you know find some other deactivated uh, battle droids out there and start building up his own force or maybe he'll just like you know we're gonna build a little uh, pony farm right next to ahsoka's pony farm and, uh, <laughs> <laughs> i think there's potential for a really cool group of mercenary droids yeah you know if, if, if he could reprogram the regular battle droids to to you know be a bit more lethal that you know if they they had like you know commando droid programming that would be pretty cool um well, i know, think i think if, you i think you start with a small job and he's a tactical droid he'll he, he can do this start with a small job that's going to give him enough enough credits to maybe upgrade some armor get some things fixed on you know they're all old that's the one thing yeah. that kept coming out is they're old and had they not been so old then rex and kanan and ezra wouldn't have stood a chance yeah, they all admit know, that um, new parts and uh, yeah, get a few new parts, get a few replacement parts. You know, slap slap some weapons on that shuttle. Then you do a bigger job. Then you do a bigger job, and before you know it, you're you know you're rivaling Boba Fett as one of the greatest bounty hunters slash mercenaries in the galaxy. Or, or maybe they could be like the A team. I was about to say you're like the A team. <laughs> Um, if you saw the Rebels Recon, uh, Henry Gilroy, you know, talks a little bit about uh, you know what Kalani might do that that he might decide to, to work for the Huts or something again. You know, like Boba Fett, you know, taking odd jobs, doing the uh, blaster for hire thing, and you know, having a whole squad. It, speaking of squads, you know that that uh, Kanan calls them D Squad, and then in in one scene, and that's kind of a throwback to the the Clone Wars um episodes with uh, r2d2 and d squad uh, right. please, please don't remind us of those oh episodes. yeah colonel gascon man and the droids and the oh. and the nothingness the wasteland and gregor that's where you met gregor yeah those were some good episodes they were, they were a little different but they were good mm-hmm. not a fan of those episodes Oh, oh, Are you when, talking when, the when greatest Clone Wars arc Any of, of those droids could just start dying and after you felt... Ironically, you know, though, my nephews, who were like five at the time, loved those episodes. Mm-hmm. So, I don't know. I just I must have missed something in them. I think we all did. Plus, there was um, a Star Tours reference in, in those episodes, and that was awesome. <laughs> Steve, since we're talking about the droids here, 
why wouldn't the rebels consider trying to make them some sort of offer or you know look there were droids here so why don't we like search some of the other battle sites and stuff find some of these droids i mean wouldn't they be you know a quick and easy way to build up their their forces a little bit well i think it comes down to the problem that they had those droids are old and they're not going to they're already having a hard time you know getting supplies and stuff just to keep themselves alive and up and running much less supplies to you know fortified droids that need no telling what they need to be up to par to to do anything so yeah i just i think it's i think it's it's almost like when you see a a car that needs too much fixing up, it's almost not worth the hassle of what you'd have to do to right. get them in battle. Yeah, shape. And, and especially with battle droids, you know, knowing that they have a shutdown signal and or could be you know reprogrammed against you. And, and so it's like it's 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 it seems more of a liability. And again, you know, battle droids, they kind of suck <laughs> that, that uh, you know, but you have to get they, they do make. They do make for good cannon fodder, which, quite honestly, is what Phoenix Squadron has been so <laughs> far—just cannon, squ- cannon fodder. So, if you can lose a droid instead of a person, wouldn't that be something you might consider? Mm-hmm. Well, you may, but then, but then again, you know, you get the idea that it's just this one, um, yeah. one group that's there, right? But yeah, you figure there's other, you know, big mothballed fleets of battle droids somewhere. Maybe, but then but then you've got to work all the signals. I don't know. I just think it's too much yeah. hassle. I think it's easier to get weapons than it is to get a bunch of battle droids working uh, yeah. up to snuff for you. Gotcha. So the episode ends with uh, with our ghost crew finding a replacement for the phantom shuttle that Ugh. they lost it's not a replacement Ugh. it might fit who knows but yeah they're gonna need to put some guns on it they're gonna need to do more than that they're gonna need to completely beat the crap out of that thing and make it look like the phantom looked <laughs> <laughs> so steve you're not accepting the shuttle as i the just yeah i don't like it i don't number one how's it it doesn't fit it does not fit are we going to have a huge fin now sticking up out of the ghost? Is the ghost now going to become the shark? Hey, um, well, that means I they can just sell cool. a brand new version of all the ghost toys. What ghost toys? They had the Lego. That's it. Uh, Hasbro won't do a ghost. You know, they did a Phantom, but they won't do a ghost. Don't even get me started on the toys, James. Oh, I, <laughs> well, like the, the, the at the Micro Machine level type stuff or the, the die cast that Hot Wheels did. Or, yeah. You know, oh, the careful, and Lego. James, careful. All right. All careful. right. You're stepping on you're stepping on shaky ground here now. You brought up Hot Wheels. I love the Hot Wheels, man. <laughs> Sorry. I didn't know. <laughs> I love the Hot Wheels. I'm all about them. I just know. I think I, it's just it's a weird to me. I don't know. Maybe I just need to. Maybe I just need to accept change better, but I I don't I don't accept this change. <laughs> well, I'm looking forward to seeing how they're gonna like fit this thing in there. <laughs> and I'm be looking interesting. For, I'm looking forward to that first shot, like in atmosphere, cloudy horizon. Mm-hmm. You just see the fin come up. You know, a la a la airplane. <laughs> playing the playing the Jaws theme, all of all the Ghost Crew humming the Jaws theme for some weird reason. Well, and then the the, the final bit that we saw in the episode, which I thought was a really cool, great idea, nice little nod, was the the closing title card for Rebels was the logo was done in the style of the Clone Wars. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the yellow. And and it was the Clone Wars music that played over the end credits. Yep. Yeah. I'm I'm kind of bummed cuz you know I watched this on uh, Disney XD so you know we just Yeah, got they the, cut right to the commercial. The the bump for whatever show. Yeah, so you didn't get to hear the music for Lab Rats, yeah. yeah. Coming up on next but I like I, I liked that they did the the logo. Yeah. I thought that was pretty cool. Yeah, one one other thing from the episode that we hadn't touched on was that uh, you know when when Rex and um, Kanan go into battle, the, you know they're calling out these different 
maneuvers that you know involve a jedi and a and a clone and it's like you know they work as a well-oiled team even though they haven't done these things before that you know they call it sword and shield and you know they immediately both know their parts and it's up to ezra to figure out what am we're doing <laughs> right well and he caught on pretty quick you know and and, and i was yep. You know, Kanan's blindness not really being a handicap in this episode, I think, was a big deal. I, 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 I'm like you, you know, Kanan and um, and Rex just falling right into sync, you know, the way they did. It just kind of shows you there was some commonality amongst all the clones and their Jedi commanders. And what would happen is, depending on who was leading them, you know, that's where you'd get the differences in the way things were done. For example, Rex came from... Anakin's squad, and so it's no surprise that Rex is the one still standing, that he's the one who kind of rebelled against his programming and pulled the chip out and and, and that sort of thing. But, yeah, to see that there was some commonality in the way they were trained and, and for them to fall right back in sync was really cool. The one thing, Uh-oh, the one thing I, I found frustrating about that... Harris, here comes your Cylon talk. Oh, no. Yeah. It's starting up. Let's see if we, let's right. see if Skype will be nice to us or not. Okay, so I'm not the only one hearing that. No, no, Ares. Last last week, Ares like your command. There it's starting. Yeah. <laughs> there it is. There it is. All right, Ares. I'll call you right back. All right. All right. Yeah, last week it was funny. He hit that by your command and it owned us every single one. So let me see if I can bring him back up here, James do this up you still with me james yeah i'm here okay all right bringing him back in hey there you are all right you're better you know joe and i have the same problem when we do mile high tundra after like half hour 45 minutes he has to shut down and call me back yeah yeah i wonder if it it must be something on my end might be maybe yeah maybe you're getting throttled or something so back into the the wrecks and the maneuvers and stuff just by one little quibble on that was like dude you can't throw like three or four detonators at the same time (laughs) you know there's like 30 battle droids coming at them and you're throwing one and waiting he'll duck and he'll throw another just throw a handful at once isn't there something about the act i mean i felt like there was some accuracy involved in what he was doing though yeah you want him to regroup a little bit get back together and then you can throw another one right in the middle of them you're tossing a detonator into a crowd of battle droids. I don't if know. If one works, four will do even more damage. <laughs> oh, so and that's just me having fun and quibbling. That, so. that, that, you know, like you know, Kalani at the end is my. You know, the battle droids won't be able to hit these proton bombs, so we're going to have to shoot at you and you deflect them. And it's like you know, they'll, they'll chain react. Which you see them do <laughs> that, that you only have to hit one of them. And yeah, that uh, is like really if, if if your droids aren't good enough to do that, maybe just have Rex and Zeb shoot them. Yeah, yeah. But uh, but we got to have a, a cool thing where it re- actually required teamwork, working together, and that trust that uh, you know they would have never had otherwise. So what's gonna work? Teamwork. <laughs> Oh man! Well, uh, Eric, we got anything else about uh, the last battle? I think that about covers it for me. Okay. I, I mean, I just I really enjoyed this episode. It was fun. Yeah, I, I was. It was. It was a nice return to some familiar old territory. You know that we spent five years. You know, or five in a, in a piece if you count that uh, those lost missions on Netflix. Five years in a piece of a year, uh, and. Um, and and I really dug it, James. Uh, let's get your final thoughts about this episode, and tell us a little bit about your charity campaign. Okay. Well, my final thoughts. Um, I you know I I really loved you know having this all brought back in again. You know, loving to see the battle droids again. Like you know when when Ezra's like, how can we lose? Or, and then one of the battle droids is like, hey, you're talking about us. That uh, <laughs> you know that, that, that they have feelings too. So um, you know I. I thought this was a great episode and, you know, really kind of puts gels together with, with what we've seen of the characters. All right, moving on to um, my, my charity campaign. I have been doing uh, for the past year since January 1st a, a charity fundraiser, Wearathon called uh, Wear Star Wars Every Day. It is uh, 
and basically I wear a different Star Wars themed clothing item every day and I've been doing this now um, today we're recording on day 299 tomorrow will be day 300 I wear a different Star Wars item and, and I hope to make it through the whole year and it is to raise money and awareness for a um, nonprofit called Collateral Repair Project. They're a grassroots organization. They uh, provide emergency aid, education, and community support for urban refugees in Amman, Jordan. A lot of refugees coming in from Syria, from Iraq, and from Africa, ending up in Jordan. Um, A lot of them go to refugee camps, but many of them, even the majority of them, just end up in the cities and and just have to fend for themselves. And so Collateral Repair Project uh, helps them with uh, getting food and uh, heating fuel, um, helps provide classes, helps uh, break down uh, PTSD uh, for them by providing classes on, um, you know, that, that help break down cycles of domestic violence, which is a big problem in refugee communities, helps them with yoga, helps them teach them um, computers and English. Uh, they, they run some Girl Scout troops. They provide programs for kids, um, letting kids just you know be normal kids again. And um, they do uh, leadership training, um, all kinds of great things to help the, the refugees. And so I've been raising money. Um, every day I wear a new item that is another four and a half bucks about raised from people who have made a pledge for every day. Uh, other people have donated just flat amounts. Um, so it's been really great so far. And uh, thanks for letting me talk about it. And how guys, can people uh, how can people find out about this to maybe go donate a little bit and help you hit your um, goal? The the easiest place to, to find out and donate a bit is our GoFundMe, which is GoFundMe.com slash WearStarWars2016. Uh, that has a little video explaining the project, and you can just click and donate right there. Um, you can also learn about it. I do uh, – on, on Facebook every day, I post a picture of what I'm wearing. Uh, that's uh, facebook.com slash wear Star Wars every day. Um, I use the hashtag wear Star Wars every day on Twitter when I post the, the daily photos and often I will link back to the GoFundMe. Um, and then every week I put together a video of you know highlighting who's donated um, to the campaign and what Collateral Repair Project has been doing in the past week as well as you know showing off what I've worn. Um, and even if you don't want don't have the ability to donate money if you want to just lend me uh your star wars wear a lot of the clothes that i've been wearing has been donated or lent to me by you know my fellow fans that uh you know getting you know clothes uh usually you know like a a big big bag of clothes or or something that uh, you know people even as far as uh from the uk have have uh, lent me their stuff and you know i i after I wear it, I launder it and send it back. The, it, but it's a good way to you know highlight all the different fan effort to wear. You know, not just t-shirts, but you know, I've I've worn t- today's clothes was uh, some sweatpants or not sweatpants, fleece, pajama pants. But nice. I've you know worn uh, costumes. I've I've you know worn uh, biker scout armor, um, hats, baby clothes that uh, I, I I've seen you in a Leia dress. Oh. Uh, not a, uh, it was a Leia hoodie, the her universe Leia oh, okay. hoodie. Okay, nice. Oh. But uh, I, I have uh, worn a skirt and um, some some other stuff as and well. That uh, you know, just because uh, you know, highlighting different things. You know, I, I did a week of baby clothes to highlight that that how many children are refugees, and then a, a week of um, her universe clothing. You know, which is is designed for women to, to highlight uh, the role that Collateral Repair Project does in women's empowerment programs. So and one know, more I, time, and one more time, the the GoFundMe is GoFundMe.com slash slash Wear Star Wars 2016. Okay, all right. And if people want to uh, read some of your writing, it's uh, Club Jade. And yeah, clubjade.net. Um, I, I write there and post little videos there occasionally. Um, and then on StarWars.com, you can just look up. Uh, James Floyd is one of the regular contributors. Usually I write about uh, Star Wars books coming out and interview the authors and such. Okay. Um, sometimes I, I do some other pieces as well. Cool. And at James Jawa on the Twitter. At James Jawa on the Twitter. Yeah. That Normally I go by Jawa James on the internet, but when I went to Twitter to sign up, uh, that was taken. So I'm Some at jerk James already Jawa. had it. Man. Stupid yeah. internet jerks. Erish, what are we plugging for you this time around i know you i know you guys are really looking forward to catalyst coming out in just a few weeks november 15th yep and uh just mile high tundra baby yes sir 
Broncos. Denver Broncos and Green Bay Packers fanboy talk with a biased take on the rest of the league. <laughs> I don't know about we're, this Broncos stuff, but uh, you know, uh, once you mentioned the, the Texans, I was like, okay, that's fine. Oh. We're 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 up. Uh, we're generally up. Uh, new episode every Thursday or Friday at the latest. That's so. right. And that's over at the Goldiverse. You can find all of our shows at uh, at geekoutpodcast.com. James, once again, thank you so much for being with us on this episode, sir. Uh, for everyone else, if you want to interact with us between shows, Arish is at Darth underscore Duff. I'm at Steve Glosson. The entire Goldiverse at Goldiverse. Of course, Disney Vault Talk at Disney Vault Talk on Twitter. And we thank you all so much for joining us. We're sorry we weren't able to do it live this week. But um, we'll be back. We'll be back next week live. I believe there's an episode next week. And uh, we'll be back live doing our thing next week. So special thanks to Eris Chernovice, as always, for stepping in. And James, thank you again for being a part of this show. For James, for Eris, I'm Steve Glosson, and we'll see you next time on Rebel Yell. Uh-huh.